0: or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. Now, today's guest is Ariel Laurie, who, if you're not familiar with her, She is an incredible influencer. She's also a fellow podcaster. And the reason why I absolutely adore her is because she just keeps it real. Okay. She has been very open about the fact that she has gone through a history of addiction and then later on sobriety She is a health and wellness expert. And she also talks very openly about plastic surgery and really is a guinea pig for all of us. So anytime I have anything that I need for skincare or I'm getting Botox for the first time, like Ariel is the first person I'll text. I was actually dealing with a skin issue. And like after this podcast, I was like, I have been waiting to see you because I needed to ask you where, like which derm I should go to. And she like sent me to the right dermatologist and my skin thing cleared up. So she really knows what she's talking about. She is a cool girl, a girl's girl. And I just really loved having her on. This is actually Ariel's second time on the podcast. And today's conversation is, it literally goes all over the place. So the first time that she was on the podcast, we really focused on her addiction journey and how she got sober and her whole career trajectory. So if you'd like, you can go listen to part one that was, I believe, recorded not last year, but the year before. Today's episode, however, is more of an in-depth on all things skincare, how to authentically show up as yourself, plastic surgery, detailed things that you guys would really want to know. And I today used Ariel as a real resource. So I think you guys will really enjoy the episode. I know I did. And I just think that it's full of Lots of nuggets, whether you're looking for skincare tips or just look up to someone like Ariel who just continues to show up as herself completely unapologetically. And it's not always the easiest thing to do, but she does it. And I just have a lot of respect for her. Anyway, before we get into the show, I have this week's review, which comes to us from Angie Sim. And she says, Just started this podcast today and I've listened to three episodes. And I've already listened to three episodes. Love the information being shared. And I feel like it's coming from a close friend. Well, Angie, that is my goal. So I appreciate you recognizing that. And honestly, reviews like this make my whole day. So I really appreciate you taking the time to write this review. Guys, if you have a couple of seconds and want to support the show, all you have to do is open up the Apple podcast and go down to where it says rate and review the show and leave me a rating and a review. If you feel like I have earned it, please leave me a five-star rating and in the review section, honestly, let me know any feedback that you have, whether it is guest recommendations for future episodes, topics you've loved topics. You want to hear more of the more feedback you give me the better I can show up as a host. For example, I have brought on guests here that you guys have requested in the comments. I've done more solo episodes because I've gotten that recommendation from you guys in the review section. So I really do value everything you say to me and trust me, I'm here reading it all. I listen and it just helps me show up as the best possible host I can be. All right. With that, let's welcome Arielle to the Dream Bigger podcast. So I'm just going to dive right in. And I think that something that I've always admired about you is the fact that you are just so open and unapologetically yourself, which I think is something you need in order to be a like good creator and just someone who's out in the world. Because so often people are like they just kind of like tiptoe around what they want to say because they want approval from everyone else. But you being you and kind of always being this open book, did you know that you like how did you come to terms with deciding to be that persona online and realizing that, okay, maybe I'm opening myself up to criticism?
1: It's definitely been a journey. We talked last time I was on the show, I think a lot about the addiction Mm -hmm. part of my story. And I don't know if we're going to get into that today, but that did definitely play a role in how I present myself to the world and who I am, and that I spent a decade of drinking and using drugs to cover up who I was. I had to work so hard to maintain this facade of who I thought you wanted me to be and how I wanted you to perceive me. And it was just layer after layer after layer. And it was so hard to maintain. And and that was a big thing that the drugs and the alcohol did for me. So when I got sober, I realized that, you know, I really had to peel those layers of the onion, so to speak. And I learned who I was because I had no idea when I got sober. And it's always changing. I'm a different person now than I was six years ago when Mm -hmm. I started my Instagram account. But I just kind of made a commitment to myself then to be authentic. And I think anybody who has been through a similar journey. And I think we've all been through periods where we try to be someone else. We try to assimilate to different groups. We try to put up a facade and then we're able to be our authentic selves and be more genuine. It just feels like such a relief, you know, and, So a lot of that was my sobriety. And when I started my Instagram account a couple years into sobriety, it was totally different back then. And I was still figuring out who I was and what my content was about. And I'm always growing and evolving that way. But I would say now compared to even two, three years ago and definitely the beginning, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. And I think it comes from now nine and a half years of sobriety getting really comfortable with who I am, age, life experience, being really confident in my life choices. Like, I don't care. There's nothing that anybody can say to me or say about me at this point that's going to... I mean, people can insult me for sure, but, like, it just doesn't affect me. Like, it just doesn't bother me because this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it, you know? And definitely I've opened myself up to criticism, especially in recent years, but, like, I I just... I don't know. I think it's all of those things combined. But, you know, yes, you have opened yourself up to criticism.
0: But at the same time, I think the reason you have such a strong community is because you just say what you need to say. You know, like there's a lot of creators that I follow and I can tell they're so they're so scared that. Everything that they say is like, well, this is this is it for me, for me, you know, and like (laughs) everything is a disclaimer because you're trying to not trigger someone where like someone's going to get triggered. You know, whatever you say, it's just going to offend someone. Like I had a video go viral. This is just like the most ridiculous thing. And the girl who was on was teaching people how to not use filler words. And people went off on the comments like a subset being like, this is very unfeminist of you. And I'm like, To learn how to (laughs) cut filler words out, really? That's unfeminist. I mean, it was insane. So I feel like
1: people are always going to find a reason to nitpick. Yes. I was just going to say, I think the culture now, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, is... To nitpick and to be in the comments and and to get people riled up in the comments and have an opinion and voice your opinion about whatever it is, how someone talks, how somebody looks, how somebody is choosing to live their life, who they're in a, in a relationship with, mm-hmm. all of these things. So you're going to get criticized no matter what. I think Lauren Bostic said, like, you need to stop creating for your haters because they're going to hate no matter what. Any You know, you just can't like this is something my husband talks about, too. People are going to have opinions about you. They're going to hate you. And that was one thing that I definitely did the first few years of being a content creator. I really wanted everybody to like me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I remember I saw years ago there was a Reddit about influencers and I saw my name and I was like, oh, oh, my God, here we go. And I read it and there were a few comments and everyone was like, yeah, she seems pretty like normal and cool. And I was like, great everybody likes me. And then then a few years went by. Now I don't read them, but I see them. There's all different threads and people talking shit and screenshotting my, my stories and talking about my appearance and what I'm talking about on my podcast. And I'm like, amazing people are talking. I'm reaching more people. Like if you're if everybody loves you, like you're doing something wrong. I'm sorry. And I think
0: it's also just a matter of scale. Right. Because I think the more people you reach, you're just not going to be for everyone. Like no matter how hard you try. Yeah. Someone's going to hate you. You know, and I just it's like a scale thing. Like I've seen it even with our business like Array, mm-hmm. you know, like initially it's so easy. You're in like a little bubble. And then like the bigger you get, the more customer complaints or like yeah. people being mean about the brand. And like you just kind of have to be like, it's OK. It means it means good things. Like yes. it's we're flourishing out
1: here. Yeah. Chuck <laughs> always tells me I can't remember who told him this, but back in the beginning of his career, when he was starting to have a lot of success and same thing scale, a lot of people were starting to see his shows and He was getting a lot of criticism and some person, I can't remember who, some like legend in the entertainment industry said, Chuck, if half of them love you and half of them hate you, you're a star (laughs) because it's like that's the reality of it. And yeah, you just I mean, on the one hand, it's like, you know, opening yourself up to criticism. I don't want it, but that's the reality of where we are today. And so yes, I could play it really safe and try to be this person that, you know, fits into this box that everybody says nothing at all at the end of the day. Yeah. Yes. And that's even something more recently. Like I was just telling you, I'm having so much fun on TikTok, just spilling all the shit that I don't share on Instagram (laughs) about (laughs) surgeries and like beauty things and, you know, tabloid stories, whatever. Like I just don't care. And just even in the last few weeks, like it's grown the account so much because mm-hmm. the people who are into that are going to stay and the rest of the people aren't for me. And, and that's okay. Like, just like you were saying, like you can't please everybody.
0: When I started Array, I was so hungry for resources that would teach me about entrepreneurship. I was looking for tangible tips on things like Operations, marketing. And I wanted to hear it from experts who'd done it before because this is my first rodeo. And I, even now, I don't know everything that I'm supposed to know. And it's always really, really valuable to learn from people who have kind of faced the hurdles that you're currently facing and have overcome it. And you can actually learn how to get to the end that you're looking for. So you've probably heard me talk about the Millionaire University podcast recently. And it is for that reason because. It is an incredible resource to get real, actionable advice on every aspect of running a business. And let me tell you guys, being on this journey myself, there are so many elements to running a business, which I had no idea before I even got into this. You know, there's operations, there's team leadership, there's marketing, like there's a hundred things that you wouldn't even dream of existing until you're in the throes of it. So I am really not the only one raving about the Millionaire University. Other listeners are sharing incredible reviews. So a great one that I found was I love every second of this podcast. Every episode, I learn something new and this is the real deal. And guys, I've listened to episodes myself and I want to recommend it because I genuinely think it'll help so many of you guys on your entrepreneur journey yourself. The hosts of The Millionaire University, Justin and Tara Williams, use each episode to share their own struggles and accomplishment, and they show us what it takes to start and grow a successful business. Think of it as having your own millionaire mentors helping you reach your business goals for free. And guys, the thing is that with this specific podcast, what I think is really interesting is that they have very specific episodes you know so they will talk to you about your amazon strategy in one episode or you know how to grow your business to an of x million dollars in another episode so they're very specific and tangible which is i think a completely different format from anything i've seen so If you're wanting to join me and listen to the Millionaire University podcast, new episodes drop Mondays and Thursdays, and you can find the Millionaire University podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out today. If you have listened to the show in the past or follow me on social, you will know how important it is for me to walk everywhere. I get 10,000 steps in no matter what every single day, if not more. And more than anything, guys, I just love walking, okay? I am from Toronto. I have lived only in walking cities. LA is brand new to me. So I really love walking everywhere. And it is so important to me to have footwear that is both cute and functional because I don't want to sacrifice on either, which is why I'm so excited to be partnering with Vionic Shoes. So I got the Anaya sandals from Vionic. They're this beautiful, chic pair of sandals. It's an espresso color and it goes with everything. And when I tell you these sandals are more comfortable than my sneakers, like I was shocked, okay? It feels like they mold to your feet. I can't even explain it. They like support my arch. I can walk for hours in them absolutely with no issue. And I want shoes that serve that function because I want to look cute. I have, you know, my summer outfits. I've always been particular about that. And I also want the functionality. So these shoes are incredible. So Vionics exclusive via technology is what really sets them apart. They began by revolutionizing medical orthotics. And today they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day long. They even offer a 30 day risk-free trial. So you can wear your shoes, love them, or you can return them for a full refund within 30 days. If you're not satisfied for any reason, I doubt that would happen to any of you because I swear these shoes are just so insanely comfortable. I like, I I have to shout it from the rooftops. Of course, Vionic has an offer for you guys. So you're going to go to their website and use the code DreamBigger at checkout for free shipping. So it's www.vionicshoes.com. Again, use code DREAMBIGGER at checkout for free shipping at www.vionicshoes.com. Enjoy.
1: Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Erica. We're the hosts of a thing or two. We are professional enthusiasts constantly on the hunt for the products, books, and trends that should be on your radar. And we share them with you every Monday, whether it's marinated olive oil we're putting on everything, a deep dive on pillows, or the fact that suddenly gas stoves are on everyone's out list for 2023. We challenge the friends we invite on the show to bring their own favorite thingies too like when Ellen Van Dusen spilled about the IG account that's keeping her current with the youths. We also love a gift guide. We take listener questions, Dear Abby style, and tell you what to get your vegan minimalist coworker or your sister-in-law who loves to hunt. So be sure to listen and follow A Thing or Two with Claire and Erica wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Okay, so when I look at your content, I think it's really interesting, right? Because you have all your surgery stuff, you have your wellness stuff, and then you like share tidbits of what it's like as an insider within Hollywood, but also being an outsider? Because you never tried to leverage your husband's success to go into that world. Why is that? Like,
1: was it never of interest to you? I think our worlds are so different. Like, yes, he's Hollywood. And I feel like by marriage, I'm kind of Hollywood adjacent. Yeah, But I just, I don't think I even thought about it in the beginning because what I was doing when I started my account was I was doing BBG, you know. It was a workout account. Oh, okay. Cool. I did that once upon yeah. kind of a time too? Yeah, Yes. Death. Like I don't even know if I tried to do that today, I would die. But I was doing recipes and workouts and I always I don't know. I think I just I have a respect for what he does and I never wanted to try to like piggyback on that to get myself somewhere and You know, I think it's so funny because I so many people still don't know that I'm even married to him because I don't share about him on social media. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like people don't know like my life and my lifestyle for the most part and that I'm married to him. And I think that's great. You know, I'm really proud of what I've done without tapping into his resources, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah. I mean, you should be proud. And since you share like so many bits and pieces about like, for example, like you're so into like surgery and all of that. And like, you know, we've talked about it and you've talked about it on other podcast episodes and stuff as well, that like so-and-so had this done potentially, but you're so open about it while also being in that world. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get hate for it when you're at places? Like, do people realize that you talk about this stuff? Like, do you kind of feel that ever?
1: I don't know if they know they definitely don't say anything about it and I think the people that I've alleged have had things done are mm-hmm. not people that I've run into anyway like you know the younger like young Hollywood kind mm-hmm. of models and I'm not trying to like out somebody no. I understand that it's like a private decision and I get the backlash like you know I'm just a regular person and I get so much backlash if I share about it so I can't imagine being on a bigger stage and being open about that so I I definitely understand that but yeah if people see that content of mine they don't <laughs> talk to me about it I feel like people are secretly like interested but it's still so taboo and so like stigmatized which is part of why I talk about it because I'm like this is the reality like people are doing this especially in a place like LA it's so common getting plastic surgery I'm sorry like whether you agree with it or not it's like getting a manicure here no and it's true like I I even remember
0: not being from here and like when I was younger especially it was like Botox was a big deal mm-hmm. and here it's like you come and it's like Botox is like it's it's literally quicker it's and it's like easier Mickey than Mouse no like yeah. seriously like nothing you know it's yeah it's insane and I don't know actually like what is better you know whereby should people just continue to like deny it or say nothing or have transparency around it and influence other like really young girls to do the same? Like, I actually, I don't know. I don't know where I sit on the fence anymore because at one point I was like, I feel like everything should be disclosed. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, but does it change anything? Because instead of someone like feeling like, oh, like I need to hit this unrealistic beauty standard, maybe then they'd be begging their parents to, I don't know, like- have them get whatever Mm -hmm. surgery, like a BBL or whatever is happening these days.
1: Yeah. That's something that I have thought about a lot and talked about a lot on my podcast with doctors and, you know, other people who have been open about procedures. And I see both sides of it. But I think as time has gone on, I actually do think that keeping it private can be beneficial. Like I am just thinking of certain videos that I've done. I make my videos about what I've done being really open about my age. You know, this is what I'm doing at this age. Like I'm a grown woman. And I just assume that my content is going to reach that (laughs) target audience. But even like recently, I remember I did one video. I can't remember what what I was talking about. And I saw some girl comment. She was like, oh, my God, I need this so bad. And she was young. And I was like, no, you don't. So I think that if somebody who has tens of millions of fans and followers was like, you know what, I'm actually not all natural. I got like a ponytail facelift, <laughs> you know, at 20. Well, what is that going to do? I mean, what's worse, like the unrealistic beauty standard or being aware of this thing and how you and can still change? Wanting because it, yeah. even yeah. as like a 30-something, late 30-something-year-old woman, like I do know the slippery slope that it can be when you realize what's available. And it's like, well, okay, where do you stop? Like, especially if you start at a young age. I don't know. It's just I don't think there's a right answer.
0: There isn't. But also, I think that when it comes to procedures and you tell me if you kind of have this mentality as well, I think that the right way to go about doing it isn't necessarily like I need this to change this feeling that I have. Like, sure, you know, I think getting getting certain things done, it helps with your confidence. Like I got my breast reduction surgery last year. And it was like the best thing that I've ever done for myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I have no back pain and I fit into clothes better and all of that. But it didn't change me on the inside. You know, I was who I was. And I think maybe it's because I waited to a certain age where I was like mentally developed and I already had a sense of self. Whereas I think that if you're in a place where maybe you're not fully confident or happy with yourself and then you kind of go and seek that feeling from an external source through surgery, that could be a slippery slope. But you tell me what you think.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I agree. Like I did my first thing at like 32 Mm -hmm. and same thing. I had done so much work in sobriety, therapy, you know, everything. I had done so much work on myself. I had no expectations that it was going to change anything. I didn't want to feel any different. I felt good. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> it's like, so I think I was really honest about my my motives. I think that's number one. What's your motive? Like, okay, you want to do it. Why? Because you want it to look better. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, really get as granular as you can. And yeah, I don't think that anybody, whether they're a teenager, I, I understand like certain situations where a teenager gets a rhinoplasty or something. if They're really uncomfortable with their nose. But I mean, I just don't think that somebody so young can make that decision necessarily for the right reason. And you see kind of the road that they can go down. We see a lot of people in the public eye who start doing things really young and then they're kind of unrecognizable and, and different people. And it's like, okay, you're 24. Like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. where does it end? And And like, it's tricky. It's really tricky. And even with myself, like I have to check myself all the time. People always ask me like if I transferred my addiction from one thing to another. And I'm like, well, no, it's like a little bit different. But I understand where that question comes from and yeah it's like
0: I I also I don't think you're doing anything more than what people do here it's (laughs) just you talk about it more so it feels
1: like maybe you're doing more but Mm -hmm. you're actually not thank you thank you I don't want to get defensive but yeah and I talk about it like in a if I do a TikTok where I'm like, oh, I did this, this and this. Well, it's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, well, actually, I did that over the course of, you know, six years. But because I talk about it and I make repeated videos and I talk about it in my podcast and my content, like I understand the perception that it's like, well, this is all you do. OK, you're, you're going to die, <laughs> by the way. This is probably going to be the biggest compliment ever. Oh,
0: amazing. Nish thought you were 29. <laughs>
1: amazing. <laughs> I, mean, so I was like,
0: whatever she has done works because Nish obviously knows nothing about your background. he we just like hung out at dear me to Irel, and He's uh-huh. like, yeah, she's so cool. Yeah, she's, she's 29. <laughs> really right? and cool I'm like, for a 29 year old.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the other thing. Like I don't necessarily do things to look younger. I'm always just like, I want to look refreshed. Yeah. And I've talked about this before. I got sober and I did not look Refreshed. I looked really, really weathered for lack of a better for lack of a better word. I mean, drinking, staying up for three days at a time, constantly, doing coke every day, Adderall, smoking a pack a day, in the sun, sleeping in makeup for I'm like tired listening for to a you. decade. For a straight decade. You I know, drank it,
0: two nights in a row in Mexico City, <laughs> and I thought I was dying. <laughs> oh my god! If I
1: drank now, I would probably I, think that I, I was I literally. Having a heart I thought I was dying when I woke up. I was like, "Yeah, oh, this is so I can't. Old. I can't even imagine." But yeah, it was like, I came to, like literally, came to, at twenty eight, and I was like, "Huh? Oh, like, who is this person?" Once the fog cleared, I remember being at the Ritz Marina del Rey with my boyfriend at the time, and we took a selfie, and I looked at it, and I was like unrecognizable, you know? And and I didn't even like set out to start doing things. I just remember I went to a doctor here and they were like, "Do you want to like throw some Botox there?" Mm-hmm. Cuz I had so many like static lines, like not even from moving my face. Stop. Static my forehead. I wish I still had that picture. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: What do you mean? It's like
1: smoother than glass right now. The Botox. Thank you. <laughs> yeah thought, like, it was crazy you? i wish that i had what? i like deleted all my pictures from before and now i'm like god i wish that i had all of that to go back if only i had known that i was going to be making tiktok like a little, uh, before little before and after would have crushed a little before and after it would have been like so viral <laughs> but yeah and like I, and i have a doctor who is very honest with me and like he'll be like hey you know is it if this is bothering you we can take care of that and like and i just kind of defer to them. What have been the most, I guess, like, like significant things that you've done that you think have made you look refreshed? <laughs> it's really hard to pick one because I feel like that's another thing. So many people hyper focus on one area, mm-hmm. you know, and really the face needs to be in balance. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make, whether it's with Botox, filler, whatever. I think definitely my lip lift that definitely like balanced my face. Mm -hmm. I did fat transfer a few years ago. I feel like that helped because I just genetically had like a very flat (laughs) face. And after I turned like 30, early 30s, when we start kind of losing some of that volume and the bone and everything Mm -hmm. starts changing around 32, it just looked kind of like heavier on the bottom and flatter in the middle. And it just kind of like aged me. Where did you do it? Like around your cheeks or? Mm -hmm. My cheeks, under eyes, temples. And that was in 2021. Uh Uh-huh. So that helped to like volumize the face a little bit which you know we associate volume with youth. youth. So that was big. I think my doctor, Dr. Mascaro always talks about like when you look at somebody you look you see their eyes first. There's like an order in which they see things. Mm-hmm. So you know, I cleaned up around the eyes a few years ago and I think that made a difference, but it's like little tweaks over time where I think that's the way to do it, you know, instead do you, of doing like all of a it huge at huge overhaul where it's like you have a face transplant. So that's my strategy do you
0: feel like the fat transfer I guess like deterred your need to do like a ton of filler
1: yes for sure for sure and it's a totally different look in my opinion uh-huh. I feel like you know a lot of people are speaking out about what filler can do like how it can actually cause more complications especially if you're putting it in your cheeks, your under eye area, it can really disrupt your lymph Mm -hmm. in that area. So a lot of people get puffiness and it just doesn't look natural. Whereas with the fat and somebody might come for me, this might be incorrect, but I think it's more of like a, a structural thing where it's like it provides more structure and then you can do a little pop of filler on top. But to get the look that you would get with fat transfer, you would need so much filler all over your face and then it would go away in six months, but it never really goes away in the tissue and it can like stretch the tissue. Like it just it's just not something that you want to do. It's not cost effective. It doesn't look good. Whereas with fat transfer, they can really if you go to somebody good mm-hmm. and you don't get like overfilled, it can really just provide that kind of structure, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Your one I guess, lasted as well. Like how long does it typically last for?
1: I think it depends on the person. It depends on your metabolism, your lifestyle, but it's fat you know Mm -hmm. so for me they took it from my stomach just like a little tube it's not like getting like lipo where they're in there although i you know gave them permission to do that too (laughs) if they wanted to so i think it's technically supposed to be like semi-permanent i'm Mm -hmm. doing quotes for everyone listening where it should last around 10 or 15 years and then just naturally you know you that's incredible though because filler
0: you're just having to constantly go and get these fucking top-ups and you never
1: know what you're gonna get like It's just, yeah, it's crazy. And you're spending thousands of dollars. And I'm more about doing like permanent things, like whatever I can do, high maintenance things to be low maintenance. I was trying to think of how I describe it. High maintenance to be low maintenance. That's my approach to like everything. And fat transfer was a big example of that because I'm like, great. I think I got half a syringe in each cheek of filler, like in the winter, maybe Mm -hmm. just like a little pop pop. Mm -hmm. And it's all about like shadows. Like that's another thing. You know, my doctor says like filler is more about shadows. It's not supposed to provide a lot of structure, so the fat can do the structure, and then the filler can do like the the shadow contour stuff.
0: I swear, I feel like you were a plastic surgeon consultant <laughs> in another lifetime. I think like... maybe
1: in my next life, yes, people. I mean, people tell me that all the time. It's insane. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think it's fascinating. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like, I'm truly fascinated by medicine. I thought I was going to go back to med school at one point, you know, in the last few years, like during the pandemic. My dad's a doctor. Like, I have always been just so fascinated in that whole world Like mm-hmm. and, and what they can do. And I have a lot of friends who are in the industry. Uh, one of my best friends is a aesthetic nurse practitioner. One of my other best friends is my surgeon, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm just... I talk to them about this stuff all the time and I love it
0: yeah I mean you can tell (laughs) if I
1: it lights me up
0: (laughs) not if the next time I go to get something done I'm going you know I'm coming to you (laughs) okay I want to ask you about Fraxel because I've heard you talk
1: about it what the hell is it so I'm probably going to butcher this a little bit lasers I kind of just defer to the people who are doing them to like explain what everything does Mm -hmm. but Fraxel is a type of laser and they have different kinds so I'm not exactly sure on the Mm -hmm. different kinds but I'll talk about what I did so like a month ago I did dual fraxel so Mm -hmm. it's two different types of lasers Mm -hmm. one is for texture and one is for pigment and I've done it before I have done like two or three on my face like once a year and I just did my chest and for me it's just to like erase and maintain like no sun damage. Mm -hmm. So I love Fraxel and then Clear and Brilliant. I don't know if you've done that. That's like a baby Fraxel. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And so it just makes sure that you have no hyperpigmentation, just like clears up the skin.
1: Yes, but there are different like, so there's IPL. Uh IPL is also really good for sun damage. I think there's BBL, not to be confused with like the butt lift Mm -hmm. BBL, but BBL laser is good for sun damage. Moxie. So there's a lot. And I think that it really depends on the person's skin tone and what their concerns are. Like I did a TikTok about my sun damage before and after. That was another thing, like when Mm -hmm. I got sober because I just never wore (laughs) sunscreen. And I had sun damage all over my chest. And I did a few IPLs and then a Fraxel. Mm -hmm. And I shared about it on TikTok and I said BBL by accident. And people were like, this is so wrong. Now people are going to go get the wrong kind of laser. And I'm like, I hope that anybody, anybody listening... (laughs) (laughs) anybody who sees the videos if you're going to go get laser like defer to the person who's doing it to tell you what's best but there are so many good options out there that don't require very much downtime and they're like so effective and do you do
0: it preventatively or is it more so once you see things setting
1: in I think you can do both but I think it's more when you see things like it's very expensive Uh so I think like My strategy, again, was like start young instead of getting to the point where I'm like 45 and all of a sudden I have all this sun damage everywhere. And it's like there's only so much that you can do. I feel like the more that I can stay on top of it and maintain, the better. So when I started seeing like some sun damage coming up, that's when I started doing it.
0: Okay. No, it's just it's just really interesting because I don't think people like when it comes to like, we see these like plastic surgery or like, you know, these horror stories when it comes to like someone's face completely changing at a certain age, it's because Mm -hmm. like they decide to do it all at once. Whereas what you've said before, like tiny tweaks over time is
1: I think the key here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that more people are talking about that Mm -hmm. and advocating for that. There's a lot of talk about like prejuvenation too. And I don't, I mean, Wait, what's
0: prejuvenation,
1: prejuvenation is like the early facelift, like the young facelift, you know, late 30s, early 40s or preventative Botox and stuff like that. And I think it really just comes down to the person, you know, like you don't need to do anything because like it's what other people are doing. And you don't need to do something out of like fear that something is going to happen down the road. Like, I don't know. I think it's so personal for each person. How
0: did you start kind of figuring out the things that you wanted to do, like, you know what I mean? So that you weren't doing everything all at once. And like, I guess the right order of things. And how did you kind of figure out your team of like different like surgeons and nurse practitioners and stuff to keep around you to like help you make
1: those decisions? So really, it started with a nose job. Like I always wanted my nose done my whole life. Mm -hmm. I remember begging for it when I was like 13 or 14. Like, thank God my parents didn't Mm -hmm. let me. And when I got sober, I was like, man, I want to do that. But I was like, I'm going to give it a few years, you know, and see if this is something that goes away because a lot of emotions come up in early sobriety Mm -hmm. and you can feel like you want to do something. And really, it's just putting a Band-Aid on something that you're feeling. I really wanted to be cautious. So finally, I was like, no, I really want to do it. And I went to a surgeon here in Beverly Hills, Ben Talley. I don't think he does noses anymore. Mm -hmm. And through him, I met Jen Hollander, the nurse practitioner there. She does my Botox. I just saw her this morning. (laughs) And that was what I did. What did I? I did something else with him. I think I did a brow lift with him a few years after that. Mm -hmm. And then I was introduced to this doctor that I go to in Florida who is known for its lip lifts. And I did that with him in January 2020. Mm -hmm. And then since then, like he and I became really good friends and we'll talk about things. Sometimes I'll be like, you know, my my eyes are like bothering me. I feel like, you know, the lids are heavy and I feel like I look tired or whatever. And he'll be like, oh, well, we can do this, this or this. Mm-hmm. Um, Same thing with the fat transfer. You know, I was like, I don't know my face. Like, it looks weird. Like, I, I feel like I'm really flat. And he's like, we can do fat transfer. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to find somebody who shares your aesthetic because any surgeon, I feel like surgeons are kind of like designers. Yes. I in that <laughs> they are going to listen to you about what you want but ultimately they're going to do it in their style Mm -hmm. and I was just lucky to find somebody who like we have the same aesthetic we had the same vision and so I'm just like okay I'm with you (laughs) we're on this journey (laughs) and like every couple years if there's like a little thing that we can improve we're like I'm gonna not necessarily look younger because I'm not trying to like look like I'm 18 here but look refined yeah you know and that's something like I was just with Jen doing my Botox this morning talking about a friend of mine who had some things done around her eyes and she's stunning she's always been stunning and looking at her you would never know that she needed to do anything and looking at her now you would never know she did anything she mm-hmm. just looks more refreshed and refined and mm-hmm. that's like the goal you know
0: I definitely agree I mean that's I, that's like the gold standard really mm-hmm.
1: yeah like work where you can't tell that anything was done
0: yeah exactly What are your must-do skincare-specific or, like, skin-specific procedures that you, like, you've loved and you also recommend?
1: I mean, skincare is number one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that counts as one. But, you know, you can do all the procedures that are out there. But, like, if you're not taking care of your skin, it's only going to look so good. So I'm very into my skincare routine. And recently I've been doing facial massage. Like game to yourself? changer. No, I go to this place, Kosha Spa. Okay. It's in, I think it's technically Studio City. Uh-huh. You have to go. It's called Kosha? Kosha. K-O-S-H-A. Like literally making a note. It at is. At this moment. So I went two Fridays ago. I go like once a month. Uh-huh. And they do buckle massage. So, you know, they get inside <gasps> oh. your mouth But I do the last time I did the two hour custom face massage Uh and she's starting like with hair oil and just like scratching your head and I'm like a glutton for all of this stuff <laughs> like I could get a day-long massage and be happy like I oh, would yeah, not same. whereas like my husband is like I after an hour like I'm out like tapping Micheal's out the same
0: <laughs> he like has no patience for it I'm like oh my god mean? this is the best thing yeah, ever I was, like, <laughs> wait
1: two hours is up like can we do another two like <laughs> no, we're not done yet yeah she's like combing your hair back and then she's like down like at the nape of your neck just like scratching and then doing like your chest and your shoulders and then she works her way up to your face and she's using gua sha and doing buckle massage and doing microcurrent and then they have these like cold ball things and this (gasps) mass it's like heaven and the room is dark and she does a sound bath and wait this sounds insane it's insane i'm trying to remember how i even found out about it i think the owner anastasia she has a big following on instagram Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe I came across her page once and I was like, what is this place? And I went and I was like, how is this not like, how is not everybody talking about this? I mean, it's incredible. I, I'm like almost considering cutting this part out yeah. because I want to <laughs> oh. gatekeep this.
0: I'm not going to. But there's, like- a,
1: there's a bunch of them there. So it's like not <laughs> impossible to get an appointment. And they're like these little like massage angels and it's so quiet and it's just the most Peaceful, calming experience. And I leave there, and like my face is plump. Like my skin is plump and juicy. Everything's lifted, everything's drained. It's like, I mean, I don't want to compare it to like a facelift, but it's kind of like as close to a facelift, I think, as you can get through like massage and sculpting. It's bananas. And yeah, and it's something that I do like at least once a month. Mm -hmm. So that's like my little secret. Okay, not and, so secret, secret. Well, no, I mean, I, I, you'll see me in there too. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be coming in for <laughs> the next go. appointment. Yes, please. we should go. It is when like, you're back from New York. Best. Yeah, and there's like good little cafes nearby. Like it's it's cute for like a girl's day. Okay, sure. I love this idea. Mm-hmm. What other
0: procedures that you
1: like? Do you feel like
0: are game changers? Like is Fraxel up there for you? What do you recommend
1: for me? Yeah, Fraxel is is a big one for me. Let's see, facial massage, Fraxel. They also do a facial at -hmm. the facial massage place, but I do like getting a facial if I'm having some sort of skin thing going on or like if I'm traveling and my skin is freaking out, but I do, I keep it really simple. Like the skincare is probably 85% to 90% of my maintenance. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do things like the massage. I'll do laser usually in the winter just to like eradicate anything that may have cropped up Every year that I age and some of that sun damage and sun exposure accumulates and then like Botox every, I don't know, a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. That can definitely help with like the glass forehead. Yeah. Like you were saying. It looks insane. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Like I don't have a very intricate, complex And skincare must
0: haves because this is an audience question. Like many people ask this, in fact.
1: Mm-hmm. Skincare must haves are... My Jan Marini system, like I am not a paid shill for Jan Marini, but it changed my skin so much. And it was shocking to me because there's so many actives. Uh-huh. And last year I got acne out of nowhere last yeah. summer, cystic acne, like around my jaw, my Wait, neck. why? It was crazy. I don't know. I think maybe it had to do with stress. I was going through a difficult time, a lot of changes. I was having some gut issues. I had had a surgery. Like, so I think it was just a lot of things maybe that accumulated and my skin was freaking out, but I tried all of the internal things, you know, but it was very, it was just so disheartening. Like I'd never struggled with acne before and I just have so much empathy for anybody who struggles with their skin because like there were days when I didn't want to leave the house because I was so uncomfortable and i felt like it was so out of my control i was trying everything mm-hmm. i was like i don't understand like i eat well i exercise i meditate i sleep you know eight to nine hours a night like i am not eating dairy i'm not doing the things that you might think would cause, cause flare-ups yeah an acne flare-up it was just it was so hard so anyway long story short i went to candace la facialist. And she put me on Jan Marini and I was like, this is crazy. Like so many actives, glycolic, like so many acids a night, vitamin C morning and night. At the time, my skin was so sensitive. Like all I was doing was cleanser, Mm -hmm. which was probably part of the problem. But I couldn't tolerate anything. Anyway, long story short, it like totally changed my skin. I did go on spironolactone too at that time, which I think helped with, you know, the hormonal Mm -hmm. stuff. I think that was part of it. But spironolactone didn't change the quality and the texture of my skin and everything and this jan marini system really truly did like i feel like it took five years off my skin wait what's in the system like what products so okay i'll go through my whole routine so i do well i do elemis cleansing balm that's one it's really good really good really gentle for just removing Mm. makeup, sunscreen, all of that. Then I do the Jan Marini Bioglycolic Cleanser. Mm -hmm. It's a glycolic acid cleanser. Every day I do this. I mean, last summer it would have, like, burned my face off, I would have thought, but no. It keeps it really exfoliated, and it just helps to, I think, allow the other ingredients to penetrate in the rest of the products. So I do the glycolic cleanser. Then I do DMK Milano Tech Drops. Those helped to, like, heal all of the acne marks. Really, really good for pigmentation acne scars things like that then i do the vitamin c jan mm-hmm. marini then i do uh she has something called bioclear lotion mm-hmm. it's azelaic acid mandelic acid and another kind of acid this is night timer or- both both okay morning and night then i do a hyaluronic acid serum then i do a serum for redness <laughs> and then in the morning i do her transformation cream moisturizer and then spf and then at night there's like Two other products that I add on at night for wow. adult acne. Yeah. So it's like it's a lot. Yeah. But it's totally changed my skin. So that's like.
0: I mean, your your skin looks insane.
1: Thank you. So whatever
0: it is. <laughs> Thank We you. should all get on
1: it. Yeah, it's amazing. And I could probably tolerate something else now. But I'm like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, I love it. I like the smell. I like the feel. Yeah. I like the ritual. You know, it's like just become part of my routine. Yeah, I
0: think skincare, once you find something that works mm-hmm. and like it's really working, I like my whole thing is I'm going to use it until it doesn't work anymore. Because I've yeah. noticed that with products where like I use something for however long and then maybe it stops working and then I'm like, okay, it's time to change things up because mm-hmm. whatever it is just isn't working anymore. Don't ask me why that happens, but I've noticed it several times and I've had to switch skincare routines because of that. Mm -hmm. But now I'm
1: like, when I find something that works, I am sticking to this. That's how I used to be. I used to feel like I would have to throw different things, like throw my skin a curveball because Mm -hmm. if I was using the same products, It would start to, I don't know, become desensitized Mm -hmm. to it or something where it just didn't seem like it was effective and Mm -hmm. my skin would be dull. And so I'd be like, all right, curveball time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. (laughs) And my skin would respond. Yeah. But this I've been doing consistently for like almost a year now. And it's only gotten better. Only gotten better. Even in like the last few months, I'm like, what is happening? I don't know. It's like made it thicker. Just a lot of damn (laughs)
0: okay so I'm gonna
1: take notes when I re-listen to this and like literally purchase every single thing she has a mask it's called skinzyme mask Uh it literally gives you like glass skin and I think I shared about it maybe on TikTok and everybody commented oh my god yes like for me too so Uh it's not just my skin it's amazing she's kind of like this like hidden gem I feel like not that many people know about Jan Marini like they sell it at certain doctor's offices yeah. and you know med spas and stuff like that but bananas
0: yeah it's <laughs> I mean yeah you have great skin so it makes sense another audience question is your favorite facial place in both New York and in LA
1: okay well LA is tied between kosha mm-hmm. I love Candace. like and that's more for like skincare yeah whereas kosha is more like we're lifting yeah. structure yes exactly <laughs> structure New York. God, I haven't gotten a facial in New York in years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think last time I got one there, it was at Barbara Sturm, maybe, right when she opened. Mm-hmm. But I know... Have you had Dana Omari on your show? Noi, IG Famous? Noi skincare? No. There's two. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's Donna Dana. I think it's spelled the same way. Yeah, She owns a place in New York called uh-huh. Noy Skincare. She came on my podcast. Uh-huh. She is also like a little skincare angel. Mm -hmm. She has incredible products as well on her site. She has a place in New York that I'm dying to go to that I haven't been to yet, but I know a lot of people go and love it.
0: Okay, so maybe that we put that on our list for New York. I was just going
1: to say, maybe I should book (laughs) for next week when I'm there. Yeah, truly. I mean, you may as well. You're going down
0: there. Be our guinea pig. Mm. What surgery would you do next? This is another audience question.
1: (laughs) Mm Hmm. I feel like after my boobs I was like I'm done we're done for a while yeah I don't know possibly what else I would do that was like a big game changer for me too your boobs we did the internet (laughs) we did we did opposite things (laughs) but I felt like 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 you and I remember you and I went for a walk after you did yours and before I was doing mine (laughs) and you were telling me like how big of a game changer it was for you and I was like Yeah, like I never really cared about my boobs. I'm just doing it like mainly because I want the lift. And then same thing, like changed my life. I was like, I mean, I was confident. I was happy. Everything before, like you were saying in the beginning of the episode, it didn't like change who I am or how I feel internally, but it was for sure like this confidence that I didn't know I was like lacking almost. No,
0: it like changed everything. Like you can go around like,
1: Yes. perky tits, like... no bra.
0: It's the <laughs> exactly. best thing
1: ever. It's the best. Yeah. And I get so much criticism for it. I don't know if you have for yours, maybe not because yours was different. You know, mine was more like aesthetic versus yeah. functional.
0: Okay. But let's be real. I-, I also got like a lift and a fat yeah. transfer because if I'm going in, <laughs> I may as well do the whole exactly. game. Okay. Yeah.
1: And I did a lift too. Like I had, you know, small, I, I think like my metabolism, my genetics are just such that things were I'm pointing to my head and now my boobs like things were just deflating <laughs> and I'm like thin and I have a fast metabolism and yeah. it's like good but also I think because of that you know I just was like lacking volume that I used to have when I was younger so I did a lift as well and it was like I mean just I can't say yeah enough good things it's- like I love them <laughs> It's so much. Yeah, I I feel you. I know we
0: did opposite, but like truly love. okay so the last question is another audience question, and it's about laser. So a lot of people asked about laser. Is it I don't know if it's Fraxel specific that they're asking about laser, but is there another laser that you do?
1: Yeah. So the ones that I listed before, like BBL. Mm -hmm. So BBL, it stands for not Brazilian butt lift, <laughs> not, not to be confused. No, I'm just like, oh God, I'm going to like say the wrong thing and people are going to come for me. Broadband laser or okay. broadband light, mm-hmm. one of those. <laughs> that And I don't even know. I don't know what broadband is. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but I did that one for like darker pigmentation, like darker, like sun kind of freckly stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I did Fraxel over it as like the magic eraser for the lighter pigmentation. So that was how it was explained to me. Mm-hmm. But there's like ablative laser, non-ablative. So ablative is where it like, kind of damages the outer layer of Mm -hmm. skin and then it regenerates that's how you get the result that healing and then non-ablative is like kind of I think like ultrasound laser so you can do like an ultrasound for tightening where it's not like radio frequency that's another kind of laser Mm -hmm. you know the Morpheus and everything that people are talking about which I don't love personally Mm -hmm. I think radio frequency is kind of being overused especially in really young people mm-hmm. and like I did it twice I did a really strong one I did profound and it caused more harm than good in me because mm-hmm. it like kind of damaged that layer of fat that keeps us youthful in our face I think that was part of why I needed the
0: fat, fat transfer. transfer
1: yeah so yes there's tons of different lasers Fraxel IPL intense pulse laser. That's the one I did for the darker pigmentation. Got it. Okay. So there, there's so many. I get them all confused, too. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, also, let's be real. You're not a plastic surgeon consultant
1: yet. No, no. Okay. The surgery <laughs> part I could do the laser stuff. The, not a laser. Not my forte. Laser consultant Not a laser consultant yet. yet
0: no. <laughs> okay, Ariel, this has been amazing. Tell them where they can
1: find you. They can find me on my Instagram at Ariel Lori. And then from there, They can find everything else, my TikTok, where I have all the fun, my podcast, the Blonde Files podcast, my website, still have one of those, (laughs) (laughs) ariallaurie.com, my threads, I mean, my Pinterest, everything. Love it. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so
0: much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Ziff And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week.